You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Can we give your, yeah, can you mind, you mind? let's give your pastors, pastors of Praise Chapel, San, uh, Las Vegas, it's Las Vegas, a great big thank you for all they did, yes, amen, y'all did a great job, and, and since we're giving thanks right now, I want to give my assistant, somebody that keeps me, helps keep me in line, Miss Sue, a big thank you, and I know he won't, it's 9 o'clock at home. You know, there's the time counting. So we, it took us, we just now got on y'all's time. Now we go back and we're going to be all messed up again. But, <laughs> but I, when my husband watches this tomorrow, I have the best husband ever. Not a lot. Of, we've been senior pastors for 31 years. And 30 years, 31 years, 31 years. Somewhere in there, 30 and a half, something like that. Not a lot of senior pastors, men of God, would get behind their wife's vision that God gave me 25 years ago, laying on my living room floor, still really young in this thing, and he told me, and he began to speak to me and birth women of God ministries in my heart. Not a lot of senior pastors would do that. He's a true man of God. So when you see, when you see this baby, is it on Facebook? Live? How is he supposed to be getting this? Thank you. <laughs> and I just bragged on her. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> See? You know, it's all right. Anyway, so my husband's the best, so y'all give him a shout even though he's not here. <laughs> and you can tell him all about this shout-out that I gave him that you didn't. Is it on now? Hey, hallelujah. Well, honey, my husband, sweet Steve Markle, my holy hunk. Holy hunk, holy hunk. Thank you. For believing. Everybody say, thank you for believing in the vision of women of God. And River of Life, when you see this, y'all have an awesome time. Rock church tomorrow. Have a good time without me. All right. Okay. I got, got through with the business. Amen. Y'all. Okay. Y'all know y'all don't say y'all. Do y'all say y'all? Y'all started saying y'all. Okay. Everybody just go ahead and say it. Y'all. Yeah. Yes. Amen. So, I know I sound a little different. Those that hadn't been listening to me all weekend, I know. You know, we're the body of Christ. We're going to spend heaven together. You might, your mansion might be next door to my husband and mine. And just go ahead and be ready. It will be loud. <laughs> we're going to spend heaven together. Can you all imagine what heaven's going to be like? You know, we were praising God for all the different varieties, really, because that's what we're all you know, the different parts of the body of Christ coming together this weekend. That's heaven. That is heaven. Amen. So, oh, before I forget, one other quick business. Go and like the Women of God Facebook page. That way you can, like people have been watching all weekend from different Women of God conferences all over. 
So y'all go, and then if you're home sometime and you're seeing, oh, she's in Louisiana, she's in Tulsa or wherever, you can just join in with us live. So if you'd like to do that, go, go in. Yes, we are Women of God Ministries Incorporated. But anybody, you can decide tomorrow, I want to start a women's ministry that's named Women of God. And so what happens is, now there's probably, I don't know how many on there, okay? So it look, it's got the pink and it's got the black and the logo, which you may have seen on some of the things, W-O-G logo. So look at that, that's good, because there are some that I don't even know who they are and what they are. And, you know, I don't want y'all watching some craziness. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So also, retreat, it, I don't know, it may, if it's at the same time as your conference, of course, that's a no-no. But if you're, especially those of you that don't go here, the yearly retreat, I can't say enough about that. Okay, enough of that. Okay, glory to God, that's the end of September. God spoke to me. It's been, oh gosh, a few weeks, a month back, I guess, about tonight. About this message for this house tonight. Now, I know there are other, let me see again the pastors of the other churches that are here. Other pastors. Okay, I met you. I met y'all. Okay. So, I know there are others, so this will all apply to yours too. Okay? But God was speaking to me about Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. And so, every one of you, y'all need, what is y'all's name, church name again? Regenerate. Regenerate, y'all need to catch this too. I'm just saying, y'all need to catch what I'm fixing to say. You need to catch this, especially after the word Holy Spirit gave you this morning. Amen. Run to win. Gang, it is time to run to win. It is time. It is time to run to win. It's time. When there is a world, we are in Sin City. Y'all live in Sin City. There are people outside those doors. There's people. My direction's messed up. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Outside these walls that need what you have at Praise Chapel. At Regenerate. Oh, thank you, God. At Regenerate. At. Yeah, I can't say that. My Southern. Yeah, yeah. What? Okay, that's easy. PCA, I can say that. <laughs> there are things you have, what you have, they need. And gang, it's time we start running. Yeah, we laughed and we talked about the Rocky music. Come on. It's time we get where we're like, no, that the devil that we, oh, Jesus, that the devil's not intimidating us anymore. That we're intimidating him. When we get up in the morning, he needs to go, oh, great. Brenda's up. Well, great. You know, she's up. What's she going to do? That's the way it needs to be. Instead of us getting up, oh, I've just been under attack. No. No. It's time to run to win. Look at somebody next to you and say, run to win. Open your Bibles to 2 Peter. Second Peter 1. Are y'all there? Oh, the scripture is up there. Okay. As his divine power has given to us. Y'all notice that's in past tense. Has given to us all things. 
all things. He has given to you all things. Let me tell you something. Everything you need to live this life, he's given to you. Problem is we're not tapping into it. We got to tap in. Okay, so what does it say? All things has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Now, he could have just said exceedingly promises. He could have said great, exceedingly great promises. But he said exceedingly great and precious promises promises. Amen. That through these, that through what? Through these promises, you should be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How many of you are thankful that you've escaped the corruption? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have been set free. You know, I love these people, and if you've got this testimony, you've got the best testimony ever. But these people that you know, they really got delivered. All they got delivered from was Kool-Aid and M&M's. I don't have that testimony. I have one of, of darkness. But let me tell you what, I've been delivered. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. So whatever the devil had you in and you've come out of, you need to be thanking. You need to be thankful for it. And you need to be shouting. I mean, but the day I got saved, some of y'all have heard my testimony, and I'm not going to go through that. I, was, I will tell you this. I was on my way to commit suicide that day. I believe, I, I will always believe that an angel got in my little Thunderbird and drove it because next thing I ended up in a church parking lot. I still do not know how I went on that road, except my, my I believe an angel of the Lord did it. But anyway, when I came out, I didn't know anything about spiritual warfare. I didn't know nothing about nothing. Okay? When I came out, I gave my life to the Lord. I mean, God sent me to the right minister. I came out. I got in my Thunderbird, and I screamed to the top of my lungs. I said, devil, I've been serving you big time. Now I'm going to serve God big time. That's the way you need to be. You may have served the devil big time, but no more. Amen? Okay, that's not my sermon. So, <laughs> but it's a good one, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's free. But for this, also for this reason, giving all diligence. Now, look at this. Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control. So, these are like building blocks. It's building up here. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. For if, get this, for if these are yours and abound, and abound, they're growing, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things, what things? Those things we just said is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sin. Now, this is the verse we've been building up to. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent. Be even more. Somebody read that with me. Be even more diligent. Oh, be even more diligent. Be even more diligent 
to make your call and election sure. Now, look at this. For if you do these things, you will never, look at this, you will never stumble. One translation says you'll never fall away. If you'll be doing these things, you're not going tripping up and say, well, I just fell into sin. Number one, you don't fall into sin. You walk into sin. Just saying. You've meditated on something. Come on, gang. You've meditated. You don't just fall into an affair. Now, that was not part of my notes. <laughs> you don't just fall into that. You've meditated on that, and you got on Facebook. Let me just say, let me just meddle just a second. I got the microphone. They gave me the microphone, okay? Facebook can be a great tool. I use Facebook as a great tool. It's a great tool for the kingdom of God. And they show pictures of my grandbaby. But it's a great tool. But it can be some people, I have said this, Sue can attest. I have told people all over, get off Facebook. Because some people do not have the wisdom and the discernment. How many of y'all have gotten some really weird friend requests? Dear God. I look at these, I'm like, I don't you know. You know, with my travel, sometimes it's hard. Because it's like, they're, so I look, okay, who are they friends with? Do they, you know, did I, was I just at, you know, was it somebody that was just there at Las Vegas that I don't remember their name, you know, so I'll look and make sure so I don't hurt somebody's feelings. But whole, if they're not friends with anybody you know, there's this magical little button. It's called delete request. You know, all these, you young ladies and, and ladies, my age, you ladies, you get some friend request from some man. And you go look, and you're like, well, do I know him? Is he a friend? And I look, and then you look, and you don't know anybody of his. There's nobody on there, and it says divorce. Girls, let me just meddle a minute. Girls, guys, and you're married? Delete. That is not, you didn't fall into sin. You walked into sin. Wow, somebody needed that. Because I'm serious. Some, I don't. Somebody needed that. Be careful with that stuff. So people say, well, I just fell into sin. No, baby. No, you didn't fall into it. You meant it. You should have deleted the request. <laughs> you shouldn't have talked to your, you know. So you've got to use some wisdom. You can't, you can't just let your mind go everywhere. You cannot let your mind just wander and think about that pretty girl at your office. Come on, guys. <laughs> Y'all, this is really not my, this is not my message. But I'm going to be held accountable. Just saying. Okay, run to win. Now, look at this. In the Amplified, we get back to my message, and somebody in their, in their mind is going, thank God. <laughs> in the Amplified in verse 8, it says, for as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound, increasing these qualities. How many of you are born again tonight? Raise your, no, I'm say yes, I want to say hands. Because if, if you don't raise your hand, I'm going to say, well, let's pray. If you're not sure you're born again, let me, let, if you are not sure you're, not born, you're born again, let me see your hand. Okay, I could get that all confused. <laughs> You're like, which one am I? Okay, <laughs> y'all got it. Okay, so if you are born again, 
then these things he's saying here should be increasingly abounding in you. They should be growing. You should be growing in the things of God. Are you with me? Okay. If they increasingly abound in you, they will keep you. Here's what the Amplified says. Listen to this. They'll keep you from being idle or unfruitful. I don't want to be idle. I'm not. <laughs> I am not. You should not be either. You say, well, I'm not called to a ministry like yours. True. Everybody can't do this. I get that. Everybody's got something to do. Every one of you, you go to Walmart. Who goes to Walmart? I mean, you need to have Jesus sometimes to go to Walmart. <laughs> I'm just saying, you need to have Jesus to go to Walmart sometimes. Y'all, have I got some stories from this trip. We've really got to visit. There's so many things you don't know. Funny stuff. <laughs> oh, those turtles are nothing. <laughs> nothing. You know, we get, I, there's going to be a book one day, The Adventures of Women of God. <laughs> They're full of funnies. Okay, so they should be increasing. So you may not have a ministry like mine because we can't all, but you go to work. Who goes to work every day? It's your ministry. Yeah? Who is raising kids? Dear God. I was in the ministry full time, and I remember saying it, and I say it, that my greatest job has been raising, has been being a mama. My greatest privilege is raising my babies. And now you can see my grandbabies. <laughs> Y'all just don't understand. Grandbabies is just a whole different level. Whole different level. Okay, so... Now, go down to verse 10, if you would, because of time on the Amplified. Because of this, brethren, be all the more salacious and eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, and to be steadfast. We've been talking about that this weekend. Gang, in your walk with the Lord, you have got to be steadfast. You've got to be unmovable, unshakable. You cannot be, I, I, I've been doing this a while. My husband and I have seen things like we'll have our camp meeting and we'll have people come in from all over and we're pulling, like y'all, pulling out extra chairs and all the, you know, and people are, oh, greatest thing ever, you know, and they're jumping and they're shouting. And then two weeks later, they're, well, I'm in the valley. And then we have our women of God retreat. Oh, it's great. They're back on the mountain. And then two weeks later, gang, that should not be. Now, I love y'all, but that should not be. We need to get some steady, persistent, steadfastness in us. Amen? We need to be increasingly growing. It's not, well, because we had a great Women of God conference. Oh, it was great, relentless. Oh, we had a great time. No. You, let, me, let me give you a hint here. Now, the pastor, Joanna, is coming out for a minute. Okay? Pastors were going over there going, yes, go. You need... To learn, you need to have a daily time with Jesus. You want to get off of that roller coaster. Get some order in your life. Get some discipline in your life. And learn to get your little blessed assurance up a little bit earlier. And get in there. If you're like me, you've got to have a little coffee for I'm like, Jesus, I'm coming. <laughs> coffee, please. Jesus, I'm getting there. I really, I love you. This morning, I woke up a lot earlier than I wanted to, I, than I'd set my alarm for. Holy Spirit just said, time to get up. It's time to get up. 
and you need to get praying. And I'm like, but God, I've been praying, and I'm really late night, and surely you want to let me sleep a little bit. And so, but he didn't. And so I kind of went in the hotel, and I did the little, can I have a little coffee first, God? And I'm in there sitting in my bed with my coffee. I love you, Jesus. I, you know, sometimes you've got to do something by faith is what I'm saying to you. You've got to get some discipline. If you want to grow, you've got to learn this. I, I can honestly say this. I love this book. I love this book. I am a student of this book. I want to challenge you tonight to become a student of this book. To become, I mean, I, I know. We're not jumping from the, you know, whatever like we were this weekend, and we'll get there. But this is where you're going to stay. You want to be relentless? You want to be relentless? Here's your answer right here. It's not, well, when's Pastor Joanna coming back? Are you kidding me? No. And let me just one more quick little thing. I want to hear some reports that Pastor Art had a hard time shutting up tomorrow. Because the reason that he's going to have that is because y'all are going to be so pulling from the anointing. Y'all have pulled it out of me. Y'all, like I had no intention of going to some of those places. What's happening? Y'all are pulling so strong on the anointing that the preacher comes out, the teacher comes out. You see, y'all need, don't y'all come here. We've been in church all weekend. Don't let me hear that some of y'all stayed home. This is a long flight. I don't want to have to come back. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I've been in church all weekend. I'm, no, you get to your church, whether it's here, you know, wherever. You get there, and you be the first one praising and worshiping and jumping it. Come on. That is relentless. That is running your race. That is running. So many times I see people, and they're just kind of up. No, get off of that. Get off of that. Okay, now we got to look at verse 9. Seeing only... In the Amplified, get this, what it says. So look at this. This is really key. Y'all stay with me. I'm teaching a little bit. We'll get back to preaching in a minute. For whoever lacks his qualities is blind. For whoever lacks these qualities, what does it say? Is blind. Spiritually short-sighted. Seeing only what is near to him and, become, and has become oblivious the fact that he was cleansed from his old life. Now listen to me. What does it say? Seeing only what is near to him. When I was reading this, it's like Holy Spirit put a flashlight on that. And I was like, seeing what's near. And I just began to meditate on that. This person, a person that's only seeing what is near to him, is ruled by what they see. They're ruled by their senses. Gang, we cannot be ruled by our senses. How many of y'all, your senses this morning said, stay in bed? Okay? You cannot be ruled by what you feel. Now, y'all have heard this. Anybody that's heard me any, any length of time has heard me say this. My favorite quote outside of the Word of God is Smith Wigglesworth. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved by by what I believe, the Word of God. You got to be where you're not moved. You go into work Monday morning, and you've been shouting all weekend, and they say, oh, by the way, you're, you're laid off. I'm not moved by what I see. 
You say, well, how can you not be moved? Because you're moved by the Word of God. Okay, would that be a, a natural concern? Sure, but who are we ruled by? You see, we've got to get to the point where we're ruled by him and him alone because we're running a race. Okay, now go over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 9. Verse 24. Now here's where we're going to start getting hold of this. Paul ran to win. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate. One translation says is disciplined in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. Somebody say amen. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should not have been disqualified. He said, we're running to win. Gang, you should be running to win. Run to win. Everybody say that with me. Run to win. Run to win. Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. Run. Run. Run, baby, run. If everybody that's here, Praise Chapel, Las Vegas, would really begin running their race, Pastor Art and Pastor Maria would be out quickly looking for another building. See, the problem is we're not all running a race. Time we run the race, amen? Amen, say, I'm going to run my race. I'm running my race. Okay, in the passion, I'm just going to go ahead, a few little notes here that were just so good. He said, instead of run to win, he said, keep on running to win. Keep on running to win. Some of you have started running to win. He said, keep on running to win. We need to keep on running to win. Amen? Amen? Go. Let me let me read this. I gotta read this out of the message. It's just too good. It, it may be my favorite. Listen to this. You may like the message Bible. I, I like it sometimes. I like I like a lot of different translations. This is, you know. This is this is so good. You've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're the one. You're after the one that's gold eternally. And here's where it's so good. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. Best part right here. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping. Hello. Telling everyone else about it then missing out myself. No sloppy living. <clears throat> no sloppy living. No sloppy living. 
nearly said sloppy ribbon. <laughs> no sloppy living. So how are you sloppy? I'm just not feeling sharp in the morning. That's sloppy. Love you. That's sloppy. Uh, I just don't think I can get up and read my Bible today. That's sloppy. I love you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm le- hey, I'm leaving town. <laughs> Every pastor's wanted to say, I'm leaving town. They're like, but I'll see you Wednesday. <laughs> Come on. Uh, let's see. Pastor Art calls a fast at the church. I'm just hungry. I don't think I can do that fasting thing. Sloppy living. And why do we fast? We're not trying to twist God's arm. Y'all do realize that. We are fasting to crucify our old stinking flesh. I put a fair amount of fasting into this conference. Why? To, so that I could so, be so crucified that I'm hearing from him. I'm sensitive to him. See, that's why we fast. But when we just, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah, how many of y'all have ever felt God say, you need to fast? How many of y'all have ever felt that? And how many of y'all have said, really, no, get thee behind me? <laughs> y'all don't have to raise your hand on that, it's okay. <sighs> you know, and you, and, and I mean, even, okay, we, we always do a 21-day fast before our retreat. Every year God tells me what it is I'm supposed to fast. Is it, is it like a Daniel fast? Is it this? Is that? You know, whatever. One year. My husband said, no, get thee behind me. Because one year, God told me I was supposed to fast coffee. Even my husband was like, are you sure that's God? Are you sure? I mean, I have the food. God, you have the food. Have the food. Coffee. I mean, I don't even drink that much. I have two cups. But I want my two cups. I said, this really can't be God. And then I got real holy on it. I had some good excuses on it. Really holy. I'm not kidding. I argued with God over this coffee deal. No joke. I do believe that was the most powerful retreat we've ever had. I finally obeyed. It took me a minute. (laughs) So I'm saying, Sue, if God decides to have you fast coffee, you know. (laughs) Okay. So how do you run to win? How do you run to win? Go to, I'm going to help you. Number one, 2 Corinthians 4. Go there. Now, so you help me out with your uh, praise and worship. You, you hit it. Exactly one of the, I guess, the first point. Yep, yep. First point, number one, of how do we run to win. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen. We don't look at all the stuff going around. My gosh, if you watch the news today, you're going to get depressed. Hello. Which are seen, but look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Number one, we've got to fix our gaze. you got to set your myself. You got to set your gaze. <laughs> if y'all ever had a preacher get really close to you and all of a sudden just it's anointed spit. Anytime we live an hour away from our pastor and anytime our pastor has something, anybody from Texas can on there? 
Anytime our pastor has something, we run over there. Well, they always usher my husband and I right to the front row, right in the middle. Pastor Tracy was, I mean, he was getting it. He's standing, he likes to stand right in front of my husband and I. I mean, he's like right here. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to step back. I mean, I'm talking, I honor this man so much. I'm talking to shit all over my body. <laughs> and I'm just like, amen, amen. He moved around and went to the other side, and it was up to some other people, too. I mean, it was fit. <laughs> and I just kind of looked at him, because the lady next to me, and we, I looked at her, I said, it's anointed. Just wipe it off, it's anointed. <laughs> Fix your gaze. Can you give me a tad bit more volume? I feel like I have shouted my voice out all weekend, and I really don't want it to go all the way out, because then I'll sound like Minnie Mouse. My husband calls me Minnie Mouse when it does. Okay, so you fix our gaze. Go to Colossians. Go to Colossians quickly. Or hasn't this media team done an excellent job this weekend? Thank you, sound. Thank you, sound. Sound and media. I put those together. Okay, Colossians 3, 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind. Set your gaze. Fix your mind on things that are above, not things on earth. If you're going to be successful in running this race to win, to being relentless, you got to learn to fit, set, fix your gaze. you got to learn to fix them. I want you to think about a runner a minute. Now, the first scripture talks about a runner. Do we have anybody in here that's a runner? Well, bless you. <laughs> okay. Okay, I, I just kind of think running's of the devil. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing. It's just a joke. Okay, but I do know a little bit. Okay? If a runner is running... A race. If that runner, and there's other people around running, if that runner takes time to run and see where's the person behind me, guess what's going to happen? Well, good trip, yeah. What's going to happen, though? The person that he was looking at, because in those few seconds, he lost momentum. You got to focus. You got to set your gaze, gang. Gang, you got to set it. You got to run your race. You got to run your race. What is the vision of this church? What is the vision of that church? What is the vision of that church? You've got to get the guy, get the vision of the pastor, and be ready to run the race. What is your vision of your home, of your family? You got to get that before you. I love the scripture in the back of where it says. Write the vision. Get that before you and run and get it set. That way when things happen, things happen. Things happen in churches. That's why when things happen, when you've got the vision and you've got your gaze set, I'm not moved. I'm not moved. My husband amazes me. He is, I mean, he's just not moved. I mean, there are times, because I'm more feisty one. There are times that I get a little like, but I've grown. We've been married so long. He's rubbed off on me. But I mean, especially in the early years, 
early years pastoring, dear God. You remember early years? I mean, somebody would act a fool. I'd be like, you know, crying, depressed, whatever. I don't know. I'm not moved. I see the vision. You get your gaze so fixed on what God has for you. When the enemy comes in to stop you, you're not moved. You're not moved. Why? Because you've set your gaze. You've set your, your focus straight ahead. Amen. So fee number one, fix your gaze. Number two, one of my favorites, be empowered. Look at Ephesians 6.10. I love Ephesians 6.10. Wait a minute. Finally, my brethren, like one last final thought here. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How are you going to be strong in the Lord? By being infused with his power. You've got to be infused with his power. That word power, y'all know I like definitions. That word power comes from the Greek word dunamis. How many of y'all know about the Greek word dunamis? Dunamis is what was poured out at the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. So being powered, Luke 24, 49 says, endued with power from on high. That, again, was dunamis power. There's four different power words that are translated from power. Both of those were dunamis. Being dude, you've got to be filled to overflowing with his power, with the Holy Ghost. You've got to, do you have to have it to go to heaven? Nope. There's a whole denomination that thinks you do. No, you don't have to have it to go to heaven. You need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. (laughs) Okay, has anybody here ever driven through Houston, Texas? Only you. So this is not, okay, there's, you need the Holy Ghost. Wait a minute, forget Houston. You need the Holy Ghost. I know many of y'all have been here to drive through Los Angeles. Yeah, they picked me up from the airport. Pastor Darlene, first time I went there, and I was like, glory. (laughs) Glory. You need the Holy Ghost. I mean, I want to tell some of these people, get out of the way. I got some place to go. We, we, we pastored on the valley, in the valley. It's called the valley, which, you know, y'all are in the valley. But anyway, it, in uh, McAllen, Texas, on the border of Mexico, about 10 minutes. Our house was probably five minutes from Mexico, so it was right there where you hear a lot of crime stuff right now. Anyway, uh, it's pretty crazy down there now, and we still go down, down there once a year and, and minister with our church and just have a great time. But anyway, we were there for six years, and those people, I think they got their driver's license at Kmart. Some aggressivo driving. I learned a little bit while I was here. I just don't say it because everybody laughs. Because I know I sound funny. That's why. The little bit of Spanish I know, I don't use it because I sound. I mean, I'm from southern Mexico. Just say it. 
I have never, y'all or nothing, unaggressive here. I mean, just some rude drivers in the valley. They say it, huh? I mean, they just kill you. Just get out of, I mean, they let that, you know, there's the little honk. You know, honk, you've said it the light too long. No, they don't do the little honk. It's, bah! it's like, geez, I heard you, I'm going. I mean, I moved down there and I thought, my God, if I'm going to drive here, I got to pray in the Holy Ghost the whole time. Because I was kind of like, what? You know, what? <laughs> so you don't have to have the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. Okay? Some of you, some of the reason you're having trouble running your race is because you're not endued with power from on high. And it's not a one-time feeling. It's not a, well, I got filled with the Holy Ghost one time. I spoke in tongues one time 10 years ago. No, you need to be daily in your prayer closet getting a refilling. Because y'all didn't know we leak. <laughs> you live in this life, you leak. Miss Sue will tell you, I, I'll be, she'll hear me. I mean, I mean, so, so many times my kids, but Mom, did you say something? Yep, I was praying in the Holy Ghost. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, I want to encourage you. Use that precious gift. Pray in the Holy Ghost more. I had a dear saint of God back when I was young in my walk with the Lord, and she's gone to heaven now. She used to look at me. She kind of got in my face. Thank God I had some of those ladies that just, I mean, they were tough on me. If I missed church, dear God, it didn't matter if I was sick. I missed church. They were calling me. No joke. We had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I was a single parent working my little rear end off to try to feed that baby. By myself, I mean, I worked hard, I worked long. And if I missed one thing, thank God they saw the potential in me and they were a mama to me. Abe was on this one Sunday like a drill sergeant. She'd call me, Joanna, I want you at prayer meeting. It's like, I had to work, you know, I was tired, I just got, yeah, but it didn't matter. Well, don't you set your own schedule? <laughs> I'm not kidding, that's what she said. Well, kind of. <laughs> You know, but if I don't work, I don't eat, you know, kind of thing. You know, and, you know, it's kind of funny now, and, 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 but praise God, I had some people like that. And she would tell me all the time, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost more. And, and my kid, she was kind of mean. <laughs> and she, you'd look at her, love Jesus with all her heart, but she just had that, I mean, real sergeant. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost more. <laughs> Got it. Thank God I had that lady telling me to pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, this little girl, y'all haven't heard much of my testimony. When I got saved, I was Looney Tunes. You know, we're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony. <laughs> I was out of it. My demons had demons hanging off of them. I do believe that. My husband says, praise God. God had got a hold of her before he sent her to me. Yes, well, he was here. That's what he'd say to you. Praise God. But I had some people help me, teach me. You need some a spiritual mama. You need a daddy, a spiritual daddy. You need your pastors. That was just a freebie there. Okay, so be empowered. Be endured with power from on high to run your race to win. You've got to be in, dude. 
Gang, you've got to be endued. Okay, number three, power of, her, of praise. The power of praise. My husband's testimony is, and I'm not going to give it because it's, I'm just not, I don't have time for that. I'm not supposed to, I don't think. My husband's testimony is like few people. Actually, I would say the only person I've ever heard of. Craziest thing. The, my husband's story of redemption and story of forgiveness. That man early on got a revelation before God put us together of forgiveness like none other I've heard. I, I've never seen anything like it. And the first thing God told him, number one, was you've got to forgive them. If you heard the whole story, you'd be going, I don't know if I'd think they need to be forgiven. And God says, you've got to forgive them. And number two, he taught him this third point, the power of praise. My husband tells it so much better. He said, baby, I learned to praise God in the midst of it. I learned the power when everything that could go wrong had gone wrong. When I literally had nobody and all I wanted to go do was murder some people. And let me just tell you, if you heard the whole story, you'd kind of think, well, they probably needed to be murdered to get them out of their misery. That's probably what you'd think. Obviously, that's not the heart of God. And God got a hold of my precious man of God. And God told him, he said, Steve, learn the power of forgiveness. Learn the power of praise. Gang, if you'll learn to praise God, you don't praise God for all things. You praise God in the midst of all things. You learn to praise God no matter when it seems like the very gates of hell have come against you. You learn to praise God in the midst of it. I'm telling you, you talk about running to win. You'll run to win. You'll run to win, and you will win. I can say this without uh, hesitation, and I can say it without a bit of uh, superiority or sounding all that or anything. I'm running to win. I'm winning. Do I have difficulties? Do I have times when I kind of, absolutely, but I'm winning because I just get back up. I just dust myself off, and I'm running to win, so I'm winning. Gang, you need to be winning. You can be winning. Does it mean everything that you're prayed about? See, when I say I'm winning, does not mean that everything I'm standing for and believing for and praying for has happened yet. Nope, it has not. I'm winning. Y'all see the difference? I'm winning. Hallelujah. Because I have learned the power of praise. Now, y'all got to go here. Let's go to Acts 16. This is the greatest example of the power of praise there is, in my opinion. Acts 16, 25. I'm going to read it. I'm just going to read the whole thing out of the Passion instead of going to different ones. This is Paul and Silas. Now, y'all know the story. They have been beaten unmercifully. They have been put in a prison. Now, our prisons today, now, I know we've got some people here that have been in prison by the grace of God. I wasn't. <laughs> Only the grace of God, just saying. Our prisons today, prison's bad, period. We all know that. Prison's bad. Our prisons today are like, what's the nicest hotel here? Yeah, one y'all imagine one of these really nice hotels. The prisons today, which are bad, don't misunderstand me what I'm saying here, but compared to the prison in that day, 
I mean, we're talking dungeons. It was a known, if you study this out, the prisons, it was a known, this is just the grossest thing ever to me. They would be beaten so bad, of course, that they had blood dripping off of their body. The prisons were full of rats. This is, this is historical fact. The rats were huge, and they were attracted. Does anybody know one thing that attracts rats? Blood. So these rats would go and literally nibble off. There's, there was many historical, I studied this out, it's been years ago, literally people that lost fingers and toes. Totally, and I know I'm, it's gross and I'm sorry, but listen to me. This is the situation that Paul and Silas are in. Their hands and their feet are bound. So if a rat is there eating on their toes, they cannot do anything about it. And what do Paul and Silas do? Let's look at it. Mm, this, is, this is the power of praise. If I could find it, I don't have it. I didn't turn to it. Here it is. Okay, Acts 16. Paul and Silas, undaunted. One of my favorite words. Undaunted. Prayed in the middle of the night and sang, sang songs of praise to God while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. Suddenly, a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison, and all at once, every prison door flung open, and all and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. What were they doing? It said they were undaunted. Was it last year or the year before? It was year before retreat. The theme was undaunted. Undaunted, an undaunted person is not moved. They're not moved. When it says undaunted, go back to verse 25 if you would, please. That undaunted person is not moved by. Paul and Silence were not moved by the circumstance. They weren't moved by the situation. And it says at midnight, and you're midnight, gang, and I don't mean exactly 12 o'clock. I mean your darkest hour. If you'll learn the power of praise. They begin to praise God. They begin to have a worship session. They begin to pray. And because of that, it said they had a suddenly. Who needs a suddenly in this house? You learn the power of praise, you'll start seeing some suddenlies. What do we do? Oh, I've had a bad day. Come to church on Wednesday night. Well, it's been a rough week. I don't really feel that praise and worship. Y'all praise and worship on Wednesday? Okay. I'm just not feeling it. Y'all know how I feel about that statement. I just don't. It's been hard. That's when you need to praise him the most. That's when you need to oh, praise him the most. Oh, anybody knows me well. Oh, it's a baby. Oh, I got I to gotta focus. I can't go see the baby. Okay. Praise. The power of praise. You begin to praise God in the midnight hour. You learn the power of praise in the midnight hour when everything that could go wrong, baby, goes wrong. You learn to praise him. When it seems like everybody you've ever loved has left you, you learn to praise him. When it seems like you're all alone, you learn to praise him. When it seems like you can never be what God's called you to be, you'll learn to praise him. 
I'm telling you, you'll start winning. You'll start running your race. I'm not telling you everything will happen immediately. I didn't say that. I'm telling you, you will start winning. You see the difference? And what God told my husband in that midnight hour was, if you'll learn to praise me, he said, Steve, everything will be all right. And when he tells his testimony where there's usually not a dry eye, when he tells his testimony, he said, and God told him, Steve, everything's going to be all right. That's the worst words he ever heard God say. Everything's going to be all right. And he said, did they turn out the way he thought in his natural mind? Nope. But he said they turned out better. Because in that time, and it was a series of years, he learned to praise. And then God sent him to me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My holy hunk. Uh, he was in the choir. I just say, this is really a sweet story. We met at church, both serving God. Listen, if you're praying for a spouse, is anybody here praying for a spouse? Raise your hand. Just one? Okay. You had don't, baby, look at me. Don't go to the world to look for him. God's spouse for you is not in the world. Okay? You know that. I know you know that. But now Listen. He was just serving Jesus. I, he, we had a big choir. We were in a huge church. We ended up on staff, you know, as associates there. And he was, Steve is real tight, six foot two. And, holy hunk. And uh, he was in the middle of the choir. And I was, um, I was always like on the second row. And all of a sudden, there's this like light in the choir. No joke. I mean, all you'd ever see. You know, he always has hands in the air. Always. Always praising God. He says that this is so precious. He, he actually didn't say, God, I'm telling you this for those of you, because I think there's some more that really want spouses, but you didn't raise your hand. Just saying, I know that by the Spirit. Just saying. Uh, it's okay. Maybe you're not quite ready. You're not actively praying for it, but I'm just saying. Anyway. So... He was not looking. I was not looking. We were looking to Jesus. God had to work so many things to, to, you know, together. He had to work. He had to work to literally throw us together. He taught my baby boy in Sunday school. And then Steve was one of the children's church workers. He loved, loved and loves kids. And then who did he have for children's church? My son, I say he fell in love with my son before he fell in love with me. When God does it, God does it right. Amen. And after we got married, he was actually able to adopt my baby boy. And my son only knows him as dad. And to hear my little preacher son give his testimony and say, that's the only dad I've ever known. I have the best dad ever. See, when God does things, he does it right. And you don't go to the world looking for it because he does things right. Okay, so because he learned the power of praise. Gang, if you're going to run your race, you've got to learn the power of praise. Number four, learn the power of joy. Learn the power of joy. Go to Philippians 4.4. Did I give you all that scripture? No, it's okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I don't know why I looked it up. I know it. Rejoice in the Lord always. 
always, in the middle of bad times, rejoice in the Lord always, always, always. And again, I say rejoice. Some of you need to learn to rejoice. Everything's wrong, Pastor Jordan. You don't understand. Learn to rejoice at home by yourself. If you're waiting for the band to get you stirred up, you are in bad shape. Especially in the day and age we live in. You can pull any of it up on YouTube and on your Spotify or your iTunes or whatever you have. You can have a live band right then. But let me tell you, when I got saved in the 80s, we didn't have all that. I learned the power of this is the day. Amazing. Okay, come on. This is the day. I'd get up in my little living room. Oh, y'all know it. Some of these places don't know. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. I cannot believe so many of y'all know this. I'm so impressed. Then it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Woo! This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And then you go into, oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Ha ha, joy. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> My pastor, when Pastor Steve and I met, our pastor, and they took me in like a daughter. And my pastor would get up big, booming voice. And he, he would say, you got to learn. He had a big old voice. I'm, my voice is already scratched. So I'm not going to try to do that. He'd say, you got to learn to praise God. And you, you got to learn the power of a hallelujah. And he'd do it, that, that inflection, you know, that voice inflection of the hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, and he'd, right in the middle of his sermon, big church, he'd say, stand to your feet. Oh, the Lord, he'd go dancing around. He's in heaven now, dancing around. He's probably looking at me going, get him, girl. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got to learn the power. Amen. Now, go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 4. You don't have to go there. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Paul says, now look at all Paul said. Look at all that Paul had been through. He said, I fought the good fight. I have, help me gang, finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have finished the faith. I have finished the race. I have finished the race. I want to encourage you, finish your race. And do not believe that there is a boxer around. Da, 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 da. I don't believe that there's a boxer that gets beat to smithereens, gets beat up, that's what smithereens is, <laughs> that gets beat bloody and loses the match. I don't believe there's a boxer that would say, well, that was a good fight. <laughs> a good fight, a good fight is one you win. Run to win. A good fight is one you win. He's intended for us to win in this thing called life. I didn't mean, see, you may not win every circumstance. I'm not saying that don't anybody, people get, get weird. 
Okay? But we win the fight. We win. We win. Everybody say, I win. If you'll run to win. Some of y'all sat down on sidelines. Come on now. It's time we get off the sidelines and get to running to win. Get off the sidelines and get to running to win. If everybody in this house or in that house or in that house would get to running to win, y'all would see victory. Fact is, if the body of Christ would all get to running to win, we'd already be in heaven. That's truth. I believe that. If we'd all get to running our race instead of, you know, we're acting like Jesus one day and the devil the next. Come on now. I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting. A good fight's one you win. And it's time we run to win. It's time we run to win. I've finished my faith, my, fa my race, he said. I prophesy over this pastor, this pastor, you'll finish your race. You know that. You know that. But I say you run into win, and you'll finish. Remember, we're finishing with the good. I prophesy over you, you're going to run your race. Come on. There is prophecy, and then there's speaking forth. Dry bones, remember in Ezekiel 37, he said, prophesy to the dry bones. I am, y'all see the difference? Y'all learning something here? See, I am prophesying forth. In other words, I am speaking forth. You'll win. You'll finish your faith, your race. I keep saying it wrong. You'll finish your race. You'll finish your faith too. Brother, there is a there is a hunger of the things of God on you that I've seen throughout this weekend. That's why this morning I asked if y'all would be here. God wants to use you. You say, well, there's so much I don't know yet. And there's that, that doesn't mean that you're going to go do, you know, that means he wants to use you in the highways and the byways. He wants to use you in the day-to-day -day because your love of Jesus will draw them in if you'll let him. I declare you'll finish. I declare you'll finish. I prophesy you'll finish. I prophesy you'll finish. Is there any sports fans here? I'm not even going to tell y'all who my team is. I am leaving town tomorrow, but you know. Yeah. My main team, y'all would care less about because it's a college team, so y'all wouldn't care. And y'all don't know I'm Eli. LSU. <laughs> Just saying. No. <laughs> Louisiana, LSU is a college. That's college. See, y'all care about college. I like college a lot more than I do. Professionals got to I do have a college team, but we won't talk about that because I'm. I am leaving tomorrow, but I don't leave, want to leave right the second. 
I still got a race to run. I still got to finish. <laughs> Y'all stand to your feet.